What's up? Welcome to the Confluence VC podcast. This podcast is meant to give you a personal glimpse into the next era of investors and operators. This week we had on David from Intros AI. Intros AI helps automate introductions to help communities build stronger connections. We actually use their software with Confluence to help our community make more meaningful relationships and Confluence Premium members can sign up for that service in the description below. In this talk, we cover what makes a great place to gather, differences between Web2 and Web3 communities, and similarities between choosing jobs and communities. All right, cool. David, appreciate you coming on. Know your time's valuable. Um, I guess just to get started, we like to talk, we like to begin these talks just by learning a little bit more about yourself, path to where you got to, to where you are today. So with that, would love to hand over the mic to you and learn a little bit more about your background and specifically what you're working on today. Absolutely. I um, love to start the story off with uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, actually. Uh, if you know Gary V is kind of the you know, loud out there, controversial guy, uh, but um, he he brought me on as his first crypto hire about four years ago, and that's when I really started going deep on, on like online communities. Um, I was working with a community uh, a company called Roll, which makes social tokens for communities. The whole idea is you can almost capture the social value that that these communities generate, um, and you can trade it. So you can trade like a Jay Z coin for a Beyonce coin. Uh, Gary was one of the early investors there and needed someone to join him full-time as his first crypto hire. So he brought me on because I already worked with the team, had a good, you know, good background there. And so I was 19 years old, got a call from Gary saying, Hey, you know, I need you to drop out of school and, and come join me as a, as a first hire here. Um, joined him. I uh, was there for eight months before going back to school. But during that time, really, really learned a ton about the nuances of like how communities form online. One of the most wild things to me was you had this figure, this, this influencer, Gary, who who has this audience that um, that starts to form mini communities. So this Facebook group started popping up, like Gary fans in Austin or uh, you know, Gary fans in Czechoslovakia, like wherever it was, like these, you know, these groups came together. And what I found was that most of these communities form not because they actually love Gary, but because the type of person that Gary's content curated, All right? So if you follow Gary, you're probably young, you probably you know, have these you know, big goals someday, uh, you're maybe working nine to five, but you want to be working for yourself at some point. So it just so happens that Gary's content brings together these types of people who have so much in common. So I started thinking more about the way these formed and they, they don't form through, through just everyone just joining a Discord or, or Slack. They form through people connecting with each other on existing platforms. through so these messages, the DMs, right? DMs are so special. People talk a lot about like Twitter DMs and how that's like the formation and that's where real community happens. So I started understanding that and eventually, uh, you know, fast forward a year or so when the pandemic hit, I was hosting events and experiences and every, over, every week, uh, brunches actually at, at University of Michigan when I was there. And, um, and when the pandemic hit, I wanted to maintain that level of intimacy that people had at brunches. And that paired up with my understanding of how online communities function made me realize there's a world where we can make one-on-one introductions between members of my own community. And we started that, me and my co-founder, Rob, uh, Robert Levy. And uh, after a few months of that, we saw other communities were manually making introductions between members of their communities using these massive spreadsheets. 
we saw the scenario where we could almost be this, this chief introduction officer for online communities. So, so to kind of tie it back all together, a lot of Gary's, Gary's experience and working with him made me realize the value of, of building these online networks and how they form communities naturally tied in with me hosting events and wanting to maintain that level of intimacy we had in person led to this idea of, okay, let's make introductions between people. And then eventually let's help other communities and other online networks make introductions between their members. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, shameless plug for you guys. We use you. I've loved using you. I mean, our community's gotten a lot of value out of it. So anybody listening that needs to check you guys out should. I mean, we had this thought process pretty early on. We were starting Confluence. We're like, there are way too many Slack and Discord groups already that just kind of label themselves as communities. But if people aren't able to interact and form like at least one meaningful connection there, like community is really not doing its job and you guys are filling in that missing piece. At least that's how I interpreted it. That's how we got like value out of it right away. Um, Thank you. (laughs) Also like the phrase uh, chief introduction officer, that's beautiful branding. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. No, I remember we thought that one a little over a year ago now. And once we said that people, Oh, okay. That makes sense. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Especially if, if you think about the world being online, whether it's in a company or community, like it just makes sense. Oh, it's going to be chief introduction officers, right? It's like yeah. their goal is to connect the right people in the organization together for whatever the goals they have and whatever the goals the organization has. Yeah. I mean, it seems like an easy problem at first glance, but then as you scale, I mean, like a, our experience was that community, like for people joining when there's like a hundred people versus like 1800 people, it's a lot more intimidating the latter so like you need help to facilitate introductions and like have people do the right steps that you want in order for the community to stay valuable and for them to get value themselves and again it's just where you guys play in and it's great service um sorry sorry i'm going off uh, on a tangent there no, but- i'm so glad i'm so laughing thank you so much for like i appreciate that appreciate it a lot yeah. uh, so, i mean i think you're you're hitting on something interesting here right this idea of scale um, and, and like what happens between that 20 person, 100 and 1000 person community. Um, and, and even for members, like the, this concept of psychological safety, like they feel so much less comfortable just DMing someone because the level of trust often goes down as a community grows. Um, so, so I fully, you know, fully agree with everything you're, you're saying here. I think you're hitting on a lot of core points. Yeah, there's like a law of diminishing returns past like a certain point. And I, it's probably different for every community, but like we tried to map that out. And I mean, that's been our takeaway as well. Um, what are some things like staying on the scaling topic? You obviously work with a ton of communities. What has been some of the secrets to com- to communities that are able to scale and scale the right way? So like not just focusing on like member growth, but like not sacrificing engagement as number of members grow. The larger a community gets, the more they focus on onboarding, the better. It's a really key one. Um, if you think about joining a group chat of 10, 15 people, it's pretty easy to be like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm David, you know, going to meet everyone here. But then you have a thousand people and you join this. It's like, imagine walking to a party. It's like rave where you know no one. Everyone's just like, you know, dancing their own way. They have these little posses, a little like clicks going on. And you're just the new, you know, the new girl or guy. And it's like, okay, like, there's no, there's no point of connection. But if you've onboarded, if you, you get brought in through friends who introduce you to everyone else, if, who uh, say, hey, come to this event, I think you'll enjoy it. It's a much different experience than just being thrown into the mix. So as a community scales, really focusing about the member experience 
the first touch point is huge, especially because usually members decide how active they're going to be in a community in the first seven days. And that's the point when they decide, okay, is this one I'm going to keep coming back to or not? Is there immediate value I'm gaining from joining this community? Or is the value a little more nuanced and it's not very clear how long it'll take until I actually see my time turning into more meaning for me, more value for me in the form of connections or, or lessons learned. Um, so the faster you can get someone to value and the faster you can show them that there's repetitive value coming to them every time they come back, that's when they build a habit to actually continue coming back. And the larger community is, the more intimidating it is. So, so uh, yeah, I think you're, you're exactly exact point there. I kind of mentioned it earlier, this idea of, of, uh, of being almost, almost afraid of, of like these massive people that don't know you and don't know your context. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's been our biggest takeaway as well. It's just like, if you're not able to onboard effectively, then like you have, you're filling up a leaky bucket, essentially, like you have a churn issue where you're just gonna have to continue to get new members, like new ones aren't going to stick around. I think the challenge that we've had is as we've added on like additional layerings, uh, whether it's like intros or like different components of deal flow or just other parts of the community and like features that our members get is just tougher to communicate that so that people are like aware of everything while also like getting value out of it but I totally agree I mean onboarding is like the biggest thing um and it seems like a lot of people just kind of skip over that and expect for magic to happen without like any education especially yeah Exactly. Right. I think the other piece too is how do you, know, you constantly want to ask yourself, how do I make this community feel smaller for my members? Mm. Uh, so one way of doing that is cohorts. On deck, I think is you know, really pioneering in that front. Uh, Morning Brew does a really good job of this. They have an accelerator. Um, you know, so cohorts are really, really powerful in that it's like a, it's a group of people who during the first two, three months, they're, they're all onboarding together. Uh, they're going through the same shared experience and no one knows each other. It's like equivalent of a freshman dorm. Right. So everyone's bumping into each other. They're like, oh, like, you know, they, they want to meet because there is no such thing as an insider group at that point in time. So cohort lets you find your find your group and then onboard the larger overall network or community. So I think cohorts is also becoming much more popular of a model. Um, I'd also say one way is also just a paywall. Uh, this is sounds a little more um, yeah, almost counterintuitive. It's like, oh, why do you want to turn away? But you have a paywall or some way to reason to buy in. Then those who do buy in are much more active and if they're more active, they, they provide more value to other members. And if they provide more value to other members, then the community starts to almost run itself out of way. Where someone joins and then rather than you or someone else who's a confluence, so being the person who's, who is doubling down and, uh, and improving the, the community, um, you let members themselves improve it. And that's a, a big jump of, of like, you know, conceptual value add. It's like, where's the value coming from? And the value is coming from each other then the, the overall value of the entire community, like, you, know, you know, scales exponentially. Yeah, I totally agree, man. And I actually had a conversation around this for like pricing with somebody yesterday. Because um, ours is paid, we're probably going to continue to raise prices. It's like the goal of any business, um, like very few businesses out there are able to play the volume game well meaning like they just continue to get smaller amounts of money from larger amounts of people. Like as a business owner, you would rather get larger amounts of money from smaller groups of people. Like that's, I mean, that's B2B sales essentially. Um, if you can do it without the long sales cycle, then bingo. But 
Yeah, I totally agree. Like the, the pricing component, just having like that additional friction for getting people in, like it should in theory keep out bad actors, crack ones that are more serious. And then they have more incentive to show up every day. Like it's tough to have that incentive. It's just like free. Anybody can join. Totally. Yep, exactly. So you guys obviously have looked at a lot of community, a lot of different communities, especially over the like last five to 10 years, seems like communities in general have evolved a lot during that time period. Um, What have you noticed of, I guess, web two communities versus web three communities, or just like how communities have evolved over the last half decade? Yeah, no, absolutely. So the, the obvious, the obvious you know, turning point, of course, is COVID, right? Where where the concept of a relationship being started online became a lot more comfortable, not just more comfortable, but necessary. So as the idea of a connection or a relationship online being a more important connection to you than someone in real life started becoming more normalized, the idea of a community online being your first, you know, most important community you're part of also became more normalized. Um, and when that, when that happens, that means people are starting to look at, at their online community as a place where not only do they spend the most time, but that's where they get the support. That's where they get their sense of belonging. It's where they find their new friends. And that's where they, they have trust and they ask for, for advice. So when this happens, the transition happens from being you know, you know, IRL to, to online. It, it is just this mental trans- transfer of, okay, these types of communities I'm a part of also can start transferring from IRL to, to online. Um, and when that happens, of course, these other related questions arise, which is now I spend so much time online, how do I interact? Uh, how do I earn from being a member of this community? Um, how do I, uh, you know, can I make money that way? And that's, or can I even participate? And, uh, and how do I show status in these online networks? And that's when you know, thinking logically about more in your life spent in this way, it makes a lot of sense why NFTs start popping off around, you know, six, eight months into, into COVID. It makes a lot of sense why, why these you know, social DAOs uh, give ownership of the community itself to the members. Because otherwise, with all these other networks that they can participate in, why participate in yours? And the answer is, well, if you have ownership over it, if there's a return, if you have governance and say in what the future of that community looks like, that is, is an incredibly powerful tool to like, galvanize not just engagement but this sense of identity tied to a community that web two communities don't have the same advantage over yeah i couldn't agree more i kind of have that so we're like by definition web two like don't really have any web three components um but i saw exactly what you were saying like a few months back where like i think over the next handful of years, the communities that are going to win out are going to be the ones where members are able to earn as being part of the community. And like, I think there are ways to help members earn in Web2 communities. Um, and like we played around with different ones like that, whether it's like referral-based system or something else like that. Um, but it's just not necessarily as straightforward from an ownership perspective. Uh, it's just like, it's a little bit messy. We tried to think about it and lay it all out, but yeah, I don't know. It's 
pretty interesting to think about like the idea that you can get side income just by like doing what you've already been doing just by hanging out in these different communities and not value that way. Cause up until this point, like that hasn't really been an option. Like you've had, uh, like, people have participated for different reasons. Um, but yeah, it's interesting talk, like really interesting, um, like second order effects of that. Yeah. And I don't think, I still think, like at the end of the day, you could still make uh you can still make a lot of money and still have a really engaged and dedicated community in web two. Like there, there, there isn't a um there isn't an existential like uh upper hand that's a web three has in all communities, right? So especially if the backing of the community is around like a fund, for example. So like we work with first round and contrary, contrary capital is a as a fund too. Um, uh, and it's like very similar where they have a fellowship where because their members get to connect, it leads to also deal flow for, for the fund. Um, and the more people have an identity associated with it, the more that likely they're going to be saying, hey, like to their friends, hey, you should join the community and, and let them write a check to you. So mm-hmm. there's also this idea of a community-led funds, which is starting, is, is, I think that that's very powerful as well, um, where, where like the, the benefit to maybe members who bring in uh, someone to, to get investment, maybe they get a little bit of carry. And uh, yeah, so it's like a, you know, it's almost like a, um, you almost have all these scouts, right? They maybe get a little carry, and then maybe from the you know, the partners or the you know, the fund itself benefit is like they back and pay for all these things that the community does because they know that long term will pay off because they have the because they'll have the best deal flow. So there's something there are other models out there that aren't inherently Web three, but act very much like Web three communities or, or or have the very same like components where, where like incentives are very similar to what a Web3 community incentives might be. Yeah. It's like more taking like a longer term view of it. Um, exactly. It's like Web 2.5, right? It's, like yeah. it's not this, it's not such a hard cut. Yeah, exactly. I think in the future, people are going to start looking at what communities to join similar to how they look at what jobs to take. Cause like today it's really based on, like growth potential and like maybe job opportunities that you're going to find there that you're not going to find online. Um, but I think you should also factor in earning ability in the future and like maybe ownership or whatever else you're prioritizing. But today and in the past, like that hasn't necessarily been a consideration, but I think that might change. And like, as these more tools pop up to make that possible. Mm, yeah, no, I, absolutely. I haven't, I haven't seen like that before. It's a really, really good take of like you know, communities being joining a community being uh, you know, akin to the thought process of joining a job and really vetting it and applying to a lot and then saying like, oh, like, you know, across all these things, I got a job here. Great. Um, and, and the reason I think it's also super interesting is like when you're saying I'm joining a community, it's not, it's not just saying, oh, like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this thing out. It, it's like, it really means like I am committing to the identity that this, this community has. Um, and, and I'm committing to the network that this community will enable me to top into tap into, um, which is really a large part of what you ask for in a job. Right. And as, uh, as hopefully as the economy gets better, as as people don't have to be uh, stressed out about, uh, you, know, you, know, you know, who knows, who knows what the, the world's looking like in a couple of years, but you know, the hope is that, uh, folks will be able to, you know, the average income will, will rise or at the very least like people can, you know, be, you know, uh, the world progresses to the point where 
um, where you don't have to worry as much about the most like base level human needs. And in that, that scenario, the question of who you surround yourself with and the questions of uh, what, like, what do you identify with? What is your almost, you know, pseudo religion? Um, what, what do you subscribe to? Like that, that question becomes more and more important um, as the rest of our life gets abstracted away. Yeah, hundred um, percent. So you guys just raised some money. You're gonna talk about more about the raise a little bit, and then what uh, what those funds are going towards in the next 18, 24 months. You got it. Let's, let's dive in. Um, so we raised one point three million. Um, brought it in last uh, or pretty pretty recently. Um, really excited about. It. We have uh, Neo um, uh, who backed Ramp and Bubble, so our main lead there. Um, also had a bunch of participation, uh, participation from our you know, network of angels from Sram Krishnan, who's a, a GPD-16Z. So he put a, you know, put a check in as well as uh, you know, a few other, few other smaller angels. Um, my past boss, uh, you know, the head of investments with, with Gary V, put a check in as well. So you know, whole whole range of folks. You know, we really see our ecosystem around us like a community. And we want to treat it as such. So um, uh, right, it's like a you know, if you think about the things that make a company succeed or fail, a lot of it comes down to network. It's like, can you get in the door of the right clients? Can you, you know, meet the right investors? So treating your, your, your ecosystem like a community, I think is the right mindset to be in. Um, uh, we're really planning to put that almost all towards, towards hires, right? So we, we just brought on our last so get growth, growth hire. Uh, it's been our pseudo head of community, if you will. Um, uh, we also have a handful of uh, part-time engineers and, and ecosystem around us. Where once you raise our seed, hopefully in the next, you know, I'd say probably raising seed in about a year from now. Um, once we go for that, because we just do a pre-seed, once we go for that, that's when we'll, we'll bring on everyone part-time on full-time. Uh, so we're trying to curate the, the, the uh, you know, future hires around us as well. Um, and then, uh, so I think it covers, yeah, covers a few of the investors we have. Behind Genius is another, another investor, uh, as well as Seed Club Ventures, which is a DAO. Uh, really excited about them. And the last thing there is, uh, yeah, it's the next, next 18, 24 months. So really doubling down on, you know, we see the vision of Inchos being like first the chief introduction officer, right? And then the next beyond that, it's what does the chief experience officer look like? You know, not just for one-on-ones, but for group matching and for, uh, for saying, hey, you know, you three or four people get together for an online game or, or hey, like, you know, so there's a whole, whole variety of experiences where, or we want to explore and think deeper about. Um, so we're going to be doing a lot more experiments there. We also need to start experimenting more in the um, uh, experimenting more with really different business models, right? I think we're really excited about this idea of typical SaaS, right? And charging communities directly. It'd also be great if at some point maybe we could help community managers make money. So there's a lot of a lot of questions we're still ironing out. And I think that's what this phase of the company is for. Um, but really, you know, really excited about it. Uh, really comes down to validating and de-risking at each step along the way. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, if you guys start thinking through ways to help community managers make money, all years or <laughs> growing as well. If you guys haven't already checked this out, I'm about to shoot you over a link. We um, have you heard of Hive Index? No, please tell okay. me. So I just shot it over in the chat. This guy fed essentially created this massive online directory of online communities. Uh, we actually had him on the pod a couple months back. Awesome dude. And does this as a side gig. 
Um, but I was thinking this could be a great hit list for you guys of like different communities to target that could obviously see some value and use an interest. Oh, this is huge. Wow. No, no, I'm looking at it right now. This is great idea. Um, yeah, man, absolutely. I'll, uh, I'm making note of that. I'll, I'll definitely have to reach out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, check them out. If you want to intro to Fed as well, just let me know. Happy to happy to bridge the gap. Thank you. Absolutely. I'll, I'll reach um, out. Cool. You want to run through quick fire questions? Let's do it. All right. First one we got. What's a recommendation you hear regularly that you think is bad advice? Ooh, uh, oh, it's, 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 there's a lot of bad advice up there. Um, <laughs> uh this idea is total total aside that um the idea it's like if you listen to all the advice in the world it'll all zero out to like it all all get out to zero because it's uh, back and forth um this is this is a funky one um it actually really rela- uh relates back to when you build a community for your product so like community-led companies and just you know think about uh the whole idea is to give a community and build a product around them um a lot of folks say, either, so I think you know, the earlier you start, the better is what they say. Um, I think it makes sense. I think it's one of two options because you only have so many resources. So either you, it's like either you um, start off with, with the community and then you build a product around um, or, you, uh, or you like wait until you have like some product and then you start building a community around that. Um, I think there's, there's a funky like timing piece to it because too many people will start a community but then because they, because they don't realize how much time it takes to actually manage and make an active community, it'll just die off. Um, so I'd say when you're going to start a community, make sure you actually have the resources and time to put into it. Like for us, like we, we're, we're still like in the next couple months, we're likely going to do it. But until now, we haven't, we very intentionally haven't started a community, which is very anti-typical community thought. But you have to understand that like as a two or three, four person team, now we have five, it's, uh, it's incredibly hard to like, dedicated resources to make an active, strong community. So, so when you're starting one, know what you're getting yourself into. I think it's the biggest yeah. thing. It's not just something you just start. It's a full-time job. I yeah. Mean, like you can't, like you got to water it every day. You got to do maintenance. Like you got to do all sport oh. tickets yourself. Like it's not just something where you can like turn it on, forget about it. And Exactly. Exactly. Uh, let's see. Next one we got in the last year, what new belief behavior habit has most improved your life? Oh, nice. Um, I don't have it on right now, but I've been using Aura Ring a lot. Um, that's been big. I've also used uh, um, this product called LogSeq. It's very similar to Realm Research. That's really changed the way I like, document and write things down. It, it shows a lot more. It's like an inter- interconnected web. You can reference other page within pages. It's mm-hmm. a really, really powerful tool. Um, that's been really big. But uh, yeah, usually it's usually three things I like to do each day. I like to tell you know, 10 minutes of meditation, um, at least 10, 15 minutes or so of journaling um and then like some form of workout i think as long as i do those like life is fine i think this past year has been much much worse on the side of of like habits as it typically was i, I have these like reports i send out to like friends of mine where uh, every three months or so i'll send like a, a the david update where it's just like how i'm doing all my habits because i track every day the amount of time i spend on each one um so i think i think just tracking more is like a really really useful one yeah totally agree what is one piece of advice you'd give to somebody starting a company today? I'd say find you yeah, need find one. That's like that's like that's probably the toughest question we ask. Yeah, no, it's a good one though. Um, 
one is like find the person that like you could see yourself working with for years um and it's not it's not it doesn't have to be all or nothing right like just start working on it me and my co-founder rob started working on projects about three years together three years ago now um and we built about four or five products until um and it's iterating and, and pivoting and we work we did this at night after our full-time jobs um and, and at some point we got to we realized okay we actually have something here we validation we have like and the clients that's why i went full-time and he went full-time a few months later and then we raised you know about about nine months after that so um i would i would just start with someone you want to build with no need to do it alone unless like you know you, you feel like you have a you know you haven't yeah, unless you do it, you can do it alone. It's just like, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, and then when you do find that person, just start work, working on things. You just get an excuse to start building, see how it goes uh, and just keep iterating, you know, sacrifice those nights when you, you would otherwise be going out or, or watching, watching Netflix. So it's, it's totally worth the sacrifice. Yeah, long-term games, long-term people. Yes, sir, you got it. Uh, if you had one ask for our listeners, what would it be? We just entered public beta. Uh, we got you know, mentioned on Forbes. Um, you have a whole whole article on that. Um, you should check it out. I think the biggest thing is, yeah, if you run or are part of other communities that think would be um, could be a good fit for intros, you want to make introductions between members, uh, reach out. Uh, just David at intros.ai uh, or Twitter. I'm at the brunch guy. I host a lot of brunches. It's kind of my thing I'm really into uh, outside and, and semi related to intros, but I've done it for years. So. Um, uh, if you're in New York, uh, reach out as well. I'll, I'll let you do a brunch. Yeah. You have like a, um, a sign-up link for the public beta? I do, yes. Um, it's right on the site, intros.ai. Um, okay. It, it is, yeah, I'll, I'll drop it in the, in the chat here, but you can just get started. And even if you don't, want, uh, even if you are a member and want to join a community, we're starting a wait list for folks so we can start directing them to communities to join. Yeah, that'll be cool. Um, but yeah, man, if you got here, I'll this link up sweet yeah i'll link this when we share this out just to hopefully drop some more traffic perfect all right sounds good cool man that's uh that's all the questions i got but this has been great uh clay you're the man this is great i really really love like the, the you know a the questions you asked um and b like some of the insights thanks again for for sharing all, all the nuances of how you how you thought about making your community yeah, man. hundred percent. Really appreciate you coming on. I'll let you get back to it. And yeah, if you ever need any like feedback, anything else, I'm going to email away. Amen. All right. Thanks, Tom. See you. All right, Huge thanks again to David for coming on this week. We hope that each of you are able to pick up something valuable from this talk. If you're looking to get in touch with David, we've linked his social as well as the company URL within the description below. Feel free to ping him. And if you got a community, would highly recommend checking them out to supercharge that community. For next steps, if each of you have not submitted your info to become a member yet you can do that through our website at www.confluence.vc and also if you want to become a subscriber to the newsletter we offer a ton of free resources in there each and every week meant to help you become better at your individual roles you can subscribe there at www.confluence.substack.com hope that helps hope to hear from y'all soon